All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 170. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I'd like to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome, and visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr, PS This Is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. For today's show, we're going to be discussing the games we've been playing, Diablo 2 Resurrected announcement, Drift allegations with DualSense, Turok, amongst other gaming news. Also, we'll be taking a look at the latest releases and maybe what games we'd like to scrap from our memory. We also have a special guest on the show today, and I'm sure if you're a long-time listener, you've heard him on the Milestone episode 100. I thought it'd be nice to bring in Josh Peters to have a little discussion about Little Nightmares 2 later on in the show. So welcome to the show, Josh. And uh, closing out the show, yeah, closing out the show, we have a track by the band called Heron, who are good friends of mine, with a song called Gravity Shift from their album Sun Release. So don't forget, if you'd like to have your original music featured on the show, and send an MP3 to our email account, awesome at gmail.com, along with your band name and the title of the song, and we will notify you when or if it goes live. So please, if you are listening to the podcast and not watching this on YouTube, we ask that you head over to indulge in some of our daily video content. You can find that at youtube.com slash awesome, and we just put up another video for our series called The Takeaway for the Control Ultimate Edition. Then on this Friday, we'll be dropping another for the series that i just finished editing that jake did for immortals phoenix rising so with all that out of the way gentlemen how are we doing today jake all i want to do is see what fucking games are on my profile why can't i not do this what what profile what, what do you mean four eight two go to your go to your your trophy stuff dude psn profiles will not show me anything it's like it this, like, this account is probably private I think if you try to do it, so I was just trying to do this earlier on my phone. And if you go to uh, like the PlayStation website and you log into your account, it doesn't show you your library the same way it does in a browser. So I don't know how you're trying to do it, but if you log in through a browser, you can actually see your full library. But on the phone, it wouldn't show me. Well, I was trying to do, I was trying to go to psnprofiles.org, which is like, it's it's not a Sony site. It's just an amalgamation of like all of the trophies that you have and all the games you've played and all this stuff. And it just when I try to log in, it's like there's nothing to show. This account might be private, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I tried to log into the PSN site, like you're suggesting, and now it's like, uh, <laughs> yo, fucking, I, I'm getting sick of this. Like somebody's in a great it. mood tonight. I, I understand it, but I don't like the whole like I'm getting tired of the whole like two step verification shit for all these websites where it's like, oh, oh I got to yeah. go find my phone now or I got to, you know, get this email. I, I get it. But it's like I don't give a shit if someone hacks my PlayStation account. Just let me in. Dude, speaking to that, like I do all of the digital distribution for the music through a site called DistroKid. And you know as well as I know, Jake, it's like next to impossible to get on a Spotify playlist. So DistroKid has their own – not, it's not even curated, just their own playlist for any artist that uses their distribution service. And they have this thing when you log in that you can spin the wheel to get a song on their playlist. But there's like 3,000 different songs on there. So every time you spin it, you get three shots 
every day. You could be number one. You could be number 3,000. So if you get towards the top, clearly you're going to get a lot of listens because people actually listen to it. So it's just you're rolling the dice. So the problem is if someone spins the same number that you spun, you get booted. And then you get an email saying, hey, you got booted. Spin it again. You get another spin this today because uh, someone booted you off. So I've been doing this all week. And the best spot I got was like 500 something. <laughs> and I'm like, who's going to fucking listen to that? No one. But every time I get the email, it says, now you have to go log into DistroKid. I go to log into DistroKid and it's like, well, we've sent uh, a second verification to your email account. Go pull that up. So like I'm on my phone and like, I just want this to be a simple thing. So I go to my phone. I pull up the verification thing. I log in. And then I have to connect with Spotify and it won't save my artist Spotify login. And I have to do two more logins to log into Spotify. I do my regular login and then Spotify sends a verification text to me. And then by the time I get it all in there, I've probably timed out from DistroKid's login. And it just becomes this whole shit show. So I understand. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you're doing good. Josh, you're doing good. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, I I don't remember being. You mentioned a, I think you were. I, I, so I remember it was like pretty early on. I remember being on the show to talk about a game that I don't remember, but I don't remember anything around episode one hundred. And I couldn't find episode. I tried looking back mm. to see. It would be on episode one hundred. Episode one hundred was the one where we had the fucking like knights of the round table in my. We basement, had like fifteen people was... in Jake's basement. We recorded the episode. Were, were you there for that? No. This kid named so. Bry- Bryce yeah. was there. There was a Bryce. Bryce was there. Ted was there. Troy was there. I could have swore Josh was there. My brother was there, I think. I yeah, my brother think, was there for sure. I don't think I was there. I can't believe that you wouldn't have been there. That's so crazy. You must have been out yeah, of town or something. So. I wonder what game you, you talked about. We should have done a little more homework. For those listening, we just kind of threw this together last minute. Josh and I have uh, both beaten Little Nightmares 2, which we're going to talk about briefly. But we also started playing... Uh, Little Hope, uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, the second one. If you've been listening, you know that I've been a, uh, uh, an advocate for The Man of Medan. I just really enjoyed it. So um, we've been trying to double up on that. And maybe we'll have jo- Josh back after we finish that together to kind of talk about our our experience with that. But um, yeah, man, I came from a show yesterday in Ohio. Uh, and I buzzed my hair off recently, which feels great. I've never done that before. I don't have any weird things oh, on my so head. So good. What's that? I'll tell you what. If Sarah would let me do it, I would fucking shave my head. Zero maintenance. It's so Dude, nice. I, it's like the I greatest just, thing. I've been getting the fade like on the back and the sides and leaving the top a little mm-hmm. long. And I just love like how my hair feels when it's that short. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It, for me, it really was just – it wasn't an option at this point. Like I'm just getting old. I'm turning 40 this year and uh, I was getting a little thin. I was doing the thing where you start shaving. Like I've always cut my own hair, right? So I'm in the mirror. I'm doing like the, uh, the mirror against the mirror to trim up the back with the clippers. And I turn my head at just the right angle. I was like, oh, shit. It's getting mighty thin. And I was like, it's, it's coming off today and i just i just went for it so that kind of stuff on all the time anyway yeah that kind of stuff you just have to own you know what i mean it is what it is i feel good about it i don't have to worry about um wondering what i'm gonna look like when i when i actually go true bald um but yeah lots of stubble up there just uh it was time man and i love the zero maintenance so i've done that and uh the weather's been awfully cold here in pennsylvania it's been ridiculous um, I think in Kanye, Ohio last night, it was supposed to hit nine degrees. I don't know where, what it's at today, but 
It's it's wild. Yeah, I don't know what it got down to last night, but I our weather said it was supposed to be down to like five degrees or something last night. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, today what today was actually really nice. Yeah, the sun was out. Yeah, they fixed that that bridge by my house. You know, the one that goes over towards the the the, the school. That one's been shut down for like ten years. That. Maybe you don't know, but people have the been walking like, bridge. Yeah, the big long bridge, the footbridge. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. it's it's up now. I need to go. I need to go try it out. I haven't been on it, but Grady was in town. He told me that they fixed it. But let's let's shut up about regular stuff. Let's get into some games. Jake, what are you playing? So before you get started, like I already said, I did Little Hope <coughs> with Josh, and we're we're not too far into that. And I just finished Unravel, and I think I might have called this Tearaway on the show last week because you feel like Unravel maybe would be called Tearaway because you're yarn and you're losing all that stuff. I don't know if any of you guys have played Tearaway, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And then I also finished Little Nightmares 2, and I need to finish uh, the rest of Castlevania 2. But I haven't purchased anything this week. Um, gentlemen, Josh, what are you playing? Basically, all the funny enough, all the games you just said. So That's I just crazy. finished. I, well, so uh, my wife's a big fan of Little Nightmares, just watching. Mm-hmm. So we've been actually anticipating Little Nightmares two coming out for a while, and it just came out like Thursday or something. Yeah, or, it just came out. Uh, it was within the past week. Yeah. Um. So in preparation, we actually replayed Little Nightmares one plus all the DLC. There's like a, a like a sub story that's actually fairly lengthy, um, which. Funny story about that. I know we've. I think I've heard you guys talk about how bad the the, the PlayStation uh, refund policy is, and I got firsthand trying to experience what that was like whenever I bought some DLC for that game because I bought one of the DLCs. Immediately realized there was a uh, season pass for mm. the DLC, so I just I bought that, and then I was like, well, now there's some redundancy here. I haven't even downloaded it yet or anything. I just want to get my refund for like the four dollars yeah. for the D- for the DLC that I bought. It was a nightmare, and I ended up just giving up and just said, whatever, I just lost, like, just my $4. Ate whatever, the money. So, Dude, that sucks. Uh, so I played that, played all the way through that, played so that I could then play Little Nightmares 2, played all the way through that pretty quick, just started playing Little Hope with you. Yeah. Um, I always play Dota 2 all the time still. No one, no one's going to care about that, but that's, like, <laughs> my, my uh, lifelong love is Dota 2. That's your jam. Uh, but other than that. Just uh, I actually unraveled unravel as well because you mentioned that and I remember I started it a long time ago and then yeah. just got back into it and I think I have one little chapter left in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just finished. I just finished it uh, before we we came down here to do this. Jake, what are you playing? Uh, so I played mostly this week, like through the work week. I've been playing um, Cyber Shadow. Oh, and nice. Then. Yesterday morning, I started Miles Morales because I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. There's something I should have played already. Like, what is going? And then I saw yeah. like on my PS5, it's like, fuck, I haven't played Miles Morales yet. Yeah, that's huge. So I started that yesterday, and um, you know, I, I, it was one of those games where like I at first I was like, eh, yeah, like as I started playing it, you know, and then I, like the more I get into it, the more I'm enjoying it. Um, and I do really like Miles Morales as a character. I like kind of the angle the story's going and everything like that. I, I probably have I mean, between yesterday and I played it a lot yesterday. So between yesterday and today, I mean, I probably have, you know, four or five hours into it, which is a lot for me to mm. play in two days. And uh 
honestly, my biggest complaint about it, and we don't have to stick on this because this game's been out, you know, for a few months now, but, mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember this being a problem in the original Spider-Man, but my biggest complaint about it is I hate how fucking spongy the bad guys are. Like, like on low level, like grunt bad guys, I shouldn't have to hit them like 10 times for them to get knocked out. Like it's, it's super irritating. Because especially at the beginning, whenever you're kind of low powered and you don't have a lot of abilities yet and you're getting kind of fucking pounded on by dudes that are attacking (laughs) all at once and stuff. It's like this is just annoying. Like it's not I mean, I feel like it's it's a it's an oversight. And I had a similar experience when I started Phoenix. And actually, there's some weird similarities between the combat systems of Spider-Man and Immortals. And just kind of like the way that the dodging works and the the types of like abilities and how you start kind of shitty and you like level up and then it gets less overwhelming as you go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually like with Immortals and it seems like the same way with Spider-Man, you like unlock one ability that just gets you over that difficulty edge where now like combat's manageable because I've fucking got this one tool that right. I can use to kind of give me the edge. Uh, but... I've been really enjoying it. And dude, I, you know, I was what I, you talked about this when you were playing it and I wasn't, I wasn't convinced, but I'm actually really impressed at how smooth the gameplay is in fidelity mode because most games, most games that have a fidelity and a performance mode, the fidelity mode kind of feels like shit, but it looks really great. And then the fidelity mode is really fun to play because it's like 60 frames and yada, yada. Mm Mm-hmm. This game actually plays really well in fidelity mode. Now, I haven't tried performance mode, but oh, man. Uh, it looks really good. It looks really good in the fidelity mode. And, and honestly, like I was like, oh, yeah, you know, ray tracing, blah, 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 blah. The shadows look really good. And yeah, the sunsets look great and like all this blah, blah, blah. But the thing that really blew me away was the fucking reflections. Yeah. Like I like I didn't even think about this before, but like I did this 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 mission for this guy where you like. Um, it's like er- pretty early in the game where he's like, er- he runs a local grocery store and you like go in there to help him and you like walk in to the business. And as you turn around to leave, like you have to like push out of a glass door. And as you're walking around in the store, it's like a legit reflection of real time. As you're walking around real- like, it's really impressive, honestly, for, you know, someone that's been playing on a console that really doesn't have experience with the the ray tracing stuff. It's pretty cool. I agree. So that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. When, when I finished that game, I, I felt compelled to put a video up of me just kind of like not even wasn't even like a pro video. Was I didn't like try to do anything fancy. I cut in some video, but like in the photo mode in Fide- uh, fidelity, if you zoom in, like you just pause it in photo mode, boom, right. You zoom in on Spider-Man's eyes, like the reflection of the world is real time reflecting in like his pupils, like the like his eyes, like against his suit. Like you can see uh, like t- like what's on a TV across the room reflecting off of his suit and it's perfect. And like you really have to zoom in on the character to see it, but it's there. And it's like, is it just doing that because you're in photo mode or is it doing that real time while you're playing the game? Because it seems completely unnecessary to like harness that power to do that, but it is really cool. And I think my I, mind I, mean, was I honestly blown. think just I think it is real time. I mean, that's what the ray tracing <laughs> yeah, is all about. Absolutely it's unbelievable. A, it, it's in hardware. It's not like they're not doing it in software, like most graphical kind it's of unbelievable, you know, magic. But like 
just flying around the world, I think oh. that it's because graphics have gotten so good. Like, I think it's hard for the average user. Like we take it for granted, but like when you sit down and you really pay attention to what you're seeing as you're, as you're running, especially with like all the snow and like the sunsets mm. and all this stuff in the skyline. And like, I think if you were able to just flip a switch and turn it off, you would immediately understand like what it is that is actually making this game just like look, feel good visually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Good, good. Um, Unravel, Josh, you said you're playing that now, right? You, you're back in it. Are you, like, blown away by the graphics of Unravel? Yeah, I mean, so I I was looking forward to because I'm – so when I say I'm playing Unravel 2, that's T-O-O. I'm playing the first one. Yeah, because there is a the second, second one, right? Yeah, I haven't played the second one yet. But so in the first one even though – or even in the first one – like I mean, that's a few years old now, but just some of the stuff I'm looking at, like it almost looks like you're playing in a photo. Like it's really crazy. I, I don't know how they did, it. and it's just a platformer. So, I, but the yarn physics are amazing as well. Also, like the way that yarn works. This is a game that I don't think a lot of people talked about. I think it was reviewed really well, but it's not one that people are like. Oh man, you got to play Unraveled. It's amazing. You know, you don't ever hear people say like talking because it's the game's not like it's not violent in any way, and, and it kind of it's a very warm kind of game. Like. I'll probably do a takeaway video on. I have a lot of video footage, but it's it's one of those games where they it's 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 almost like a journey esque kind of game or like flower where it's a little more artistic, but there's like platforming. The the puzzles the puzzles I almost spit on myself. The puzzles are actually like really difficult at times. Like some of those puzzles are like it's not a child's game. You know, I think yeah. it's meant for people. Creative. Yeah, people our age, and and it's it's really a, a an achievement. That game's really something else. Jake, have you ever played Unraveled? Uh, I haven't, but I think part of the reason why it didn't maybe do so hot is because it was like this little indie title that was put out by EA, and people are just like, "Ooh, EA, poo poo." Maybe that's right? when and, EA and was so, going through the big backlash they had. Yeah, and I and so like and. And also, like, it came out around the time of, you know, people are still kind of coming down off of their highs of games like Journey. And mm. you also have already had games out there that are similar, like Trine and stuff like that. Mm. And so, I mean, I'm sure that that all played a part in it. And I don't know how much – I feel like I remember seeing some promotion from EA on Unravel, but I think that it was, like, one of those things where – Kind of like the puppeteer, right? Where oh, the, that game the industry, was awesome. the industry was really pushing it. They're like, "Hey, look!" Like critics were like, "This game's fucking great!" Like you need to play yeah. it. But because the outside world, the masses, the the people that you know spend the millions of dollars on games, they didn't see it, mm-hmm. right? Or they saw it on the storefront and they were like, "Oh, what is this fucking weird ball of yarn?" I'm gonna bat around. Like I, like it's it's. It's bizarre. Like games like that, they need a good they need a good push from both the industry and from the players kind of championing this game. And I think it it didn't get enough of both. Or it got those things, but it didn't get enough support from the developer there, there, or publisher. There was there's some and, or could have just been the time. I mean, place place and time thing. That's know? a big. That's a big thing with a lot of releases. Place and time. What are, what else has come out around that time? The thing about that game, though, that also may not have resonated well with like a younger generation is like 
it takes on some serious, uh, some heavy stuff. Like the even though the story's like kind of, it's it's kind of baked in. Like it's not story heavy, but like each level. It, it, it just it tackles death. It tackles like you know kids moving out of the house, like what an, you know parents would experience, and like you know I think there's one part where you you collect these little yarn things, and it's one part when you when you finish this one level, it, it you get to read these different chapters, and it, it's all about the level. So Yarny is like a little guy, little character, and it's almost like you're in Honey I Shrunk the Kids or something. Like everything is huge around you, and you're trying to navigate, but uh, you you beat the platform mission. And then you start reading the journal and the journal said something to a kind of like, you know, uh, no matter how far away we are from one another, like you can always write, but why are there so few letters? And it's like, huh, <laughs> like and it's just in the music so sad. And it's so like, it's like the music for Forrest Gump the entire time. Like when he sits down, you see the, 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 the feather blowing around. You feel like that's the whole whimsical thing of un- unravel. So it's like really weirdly emotional. And it sh- I, I feel like it kind of makes it special. But at the same time, I could see that turning a lot of younger people off. Just being like, what is this garbage? Like. I, I don't. It is. It is beautiful, though. I mean, the whole time we were playing it, like almost every next like little oh. level that you played, my wife is like, "I want to. I want to go there. Like this make this game makes me want to go there." So I had to look up where this game was, uh, like what it's based in. It's like from in like Sweden. Yeah. Like, what are what are flights cost to Stockholm, Sweden? I yeah. Guess. It, it's a beautiful game, and and the graphics, like yeah, we'll, we'll get off of Unravel because that wasn't really. I didn't plan on talking about it, but that's cool, Josh, that you're playing it. And Jake, I it's it was like literally three dollars on the store recently, and Unravel Two I think is like four dollars right now. So I'll probably pick up Unravel 2. Um, so let's get into some news here. According to Push Square, both Turok 1 and Turok 2 are showing up in the PlayStation Store. You can search on the PlayStation Store and then also on the PlayStation app. I think PlayStation app, you can see Turok 2. Um, they're showing a release date of February 25th. The games were initially released on N64, and these are remasters, which are already out in the wild, but currently not available on the PlayStation and they will feature full screen support and HD upgrade graphics. So I don't know if you guys ever played the Turok games. I was never Turok into Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember them. I, and I, I think I even actually played part of one of them. Yeah. And I remember it being like really kind of crazy because you would like there wasn't anything like that at the time you're fucking just a guy shooting dinosaurs like it's it's it was weird. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. I feel like that's the that's the type of game that would be really interesting for them to kind of bring back, like in a modern kind of idea. It's kind of like, her, like Horizon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but with you know, but in a more like more of like a military shooter perspective, not yeah. like you know this. What I mean, Horizon Bone is much arrows more and deep, spears. You know and what I mean? Electronical stuff. Yeah, but like just machine guns and dinosaurs. Yeah. We think about like Doom, right? If, if there was a Doom game, but instead of fighting demons, you were just killing dinosaurs in the Jurassic era, or something like it would be, it would be pretty cool. They had a lot of weird game ideas, like Clay Fighter and stuff. They had so many weird games back yeah. then. It's just like I don't even know. Yeah, I feel like creativity in the gaming world. Not not that it's lacking, but I mean, we don't see such risks really anymore from bigger companies like just jumping. Oh, let's make a game that's all claymation. All right, here's a million dollars, make it. You know, like we're not because there's so much more in the market. They have to be more careful about what they're doing. Yeah, but Turok's crazy. That's crazy. That's on the store. So I, I don't think I ever played the games. I did have I think Turok. 
the Dinosaur Hunter number one comic somehow. I think I have that in my collection somewhere. So I hope it makes a huge resurgence and everyone wants to buy the comic because I'll gladly sell you that. All right. Diablo 2 is getting a re-release on PS4 and PS5 called Diablo 2 Resurrected. The company behind the re-release or remaster, it's a re-release, I believe, is uh, Vicarious Studios, who recently merged into Blizzard. This is the same studio responsible for the recent Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 update and the Crash Insane Trilogy. And it appears this version of Diablo 2 will be relatively exactly as the original with no upgrades to the gameplay or anything, but there will be an upgrade to graphics. Jake? Fred, I'm so fucking excited for this. I, just I, want you to I, know. I know, because you never post anything on Facebook and you were writing about it. And I was like, yeah, Jake is I, so jazzed right now. I So Diablo 2 is probably up there as far as like one of my favorite games of all time and uh you're so into diablo i love it diablo 3 is great right nowadays it's great but when it launched it was a steaming pile of shit and in as great as diablo 3 is it didn't quite harness what I loved about Diablo 2, I mean, there's like this online play and there's all this extra stuff, right? They add a bunch of extra. It's almost like a games as a service kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you can play it. I mean, obviously, single player or whatever, but like you have to be online to play it and they add stuff all the time. And, you know, whereas Diablo 2, so I'm really hoping with this Diablo 2 remaster, it's literally just Diablo 2 with the Lord of Destruction expansion and. A graphical boost and that's it because i think that's, that's what you're gonna get that's that would be perfect and what's great about this is that it's they're releasing it on consoles for the first time ever i literally never thought this would ever happen it's so weird the, that it is happening yeah so the fact that it is happening is so fucking awesome for me but it's also awesome for oh. all of the people out there that are have historically been console gamers that have never played diablo 2 and now I don't I guess I don't know a lot about like the you know there might be some kind of rose colored glasses kind of shit going on here but like it may be that somebody who's played Diablo 3 and loves Diablo 3 jumps into Diablo 2 and they're like this game sucks compared to Diablo 3 because yeah. it doesn't have all the modern online amenities but personally personally you know it's it's one of those games that you know, I could play that game a million times. I just and yeah, I, you know, I I I would enjoy it every time. I just did a reaction to the trailer for it, and I think it's going to air on Tuesday. But was Diablo two procedurally generated the dungeons? I think it was like a semi. Even the original Diablo, I think it was like a semi-procedural thing, right? So the orientation of the dungeons and stuff shifted a little. Yeah, so like depending on your playthrough, like the maps would kind of like rearrange, but they all had the same shit in them. Same room, so like, same enemies. Yeah, they might mirror it or flip-flop it or maybe like the the entrance to the next portion of the map might be at the top left as opposed to the, you know, the bottom left or something yeah. like that. So they had pieces that were not procedurally generated that they would just kind of puzzle piece together in a procedural fashion. And it was only like when you first started the game, the first time you encountered those areas. So it's not like a roguelike or anything like that, where every single time you go back to it, it's different. 
it's just different between playthroughs. Mm. So like if you started up and the map is oriented a certain way, you come back to it however many hours later within the same playthrough, it's going to be the same as it was the first time. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I remember playing Diablo 1 as a kid. In fact, I found my original instruction manual for Diablo 1 or Diablo 2 for the PC, and I was going to give it to you as a gag gift because I knew Diablo was your game. And I don't know if you'd even want to look at it. But now that Diablo 2 is coming out, how cool would it be if you had the original manual for it? It is. That'd be pretty, pretty dope. Cool. I, one of the things I remember about Diablo 2, and we don't have to talk about this forever, but like <laughs> Diablo 2 was the first game that required over one gigabyte of hard drive space. Oh. It was the, the first game to ever require over one gigabyte of hard drive space. And I remember trying to install this on my parents' computer and it was like we had i don't we had probably like a fucking 16 gigabyte hard drive or something mm-hmm. it might not even have been that big it might have been like an like a 2 or 3 gigabyte hard drive probably with two. windows xp on or windows 2000 or something like that on yeah. it and actually i think it was windows me um I forgot that but, existed uh, <laughs> but uh which is a notoriously terrible operating system but yeah, I remember installing it. It was the first the first game ever. And I remember, like, my friend letting me borrow the disc so that I could install it. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, how am I going to fit this on the computer? Yeah, like, you have to delete shit and move stuff around. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. There goes I all mean, the photos from Family Vacation. Just wipe I, them yeah, out I just, I just, I have, there's so <laughs> much nostalgia tied to Diablo 2 for me that, yeah. uh. You're just so kind of, stoked. It makes it, it makes it, makes me happy. So it doesn't matter what they charge, you're buying it. I mean, even I mean, they're not going to charge seventy dollars for it. I have to imagine they won't. Josh, do you you played Tony Hawk, right? Do you remember what it cost? It was forty, wasn't it? It was thirty or forty. It was at most forty. It so might I, have been. 30. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they would charge more than fifty bucks for this. Well, it is but exciting. Even if it even if it did cost seventy, I'd grumble about it, but I'd probably still pay it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, good. I, I'm glad that uh, we got to talk about Diablo intrinsically on the show because there is news in Diablo 4 the trailer for Diablo 4 came out last year they announced it but we still don't know what's going on with that game so I don't know they do they did show some gameplay right I mean they they showed yeah I think the announcement though was last year right and I think we got some gameplay towards the end of 2020 or the beginning of this yeah, year yeah and I, I think I don't remember if we discussed this or maybe I was discussing it with someone at work because there's someone I work with that's super into Diablo also but um you know, the coolest thing about Diablo 4 to me is that they're reverting to like the, as opposed to doing like Diablo 3 was more like cartoony kind of graphics. I think it's yeah. sort of like an evolution of what they did with Warcraft 3 mm. and, you know, which is sort of like the precursor to like the Fortnite era. Mm-hmm. But like now with Diablo 4, it looks like they're going back to like the real like dark kind of realistic sort of gothic graphics. Yeah, I'm into that. And the only other the other th- only other thing that really stood out to me was the fact that you could like traverse the terrain vertically like climb hillsides and things like that which you could never do in Diablo before. It was like, you know, you see something on a hill and you had to run around through the <laughs> through the fucking fog of war to try to find, find the, the path the that ramp goes up to, to get up there, you know what I mean? So that's pretty interesting. That is cool. All but right. I don't have anything else to say about. I mean, they they just released a trailer introducing the rogue class, which is cool. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I mean, this game is not going to be done for another two years, probably. So I'm not, you know, going to really uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, be too overly excited about it for now. I mean, best case scenario, the end of next year, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but I fix it. Did a fantastic teardown of the DualSense controller to address the alleged drift issues that are occurring with the DualSense. I stumbled onto the video yesterday, and Eurogamer has a pretty good write-up about it. Um, this is, of course, uh, I believe it's all happening because of the class action lawsuits, which are currently in progress around the world, which are levied against both Nintendo and, most importantly, Sony. And the teardown estimates that the main pieces of hardware inside the controller, called the Pot potentiometer or potentiometer or something potentiometer like yeah thank you that's what the word is that's what they said last night i couldn't recite it though you'd think i would be able to figure that out being a, a potato meter got it potato <laughs> meter yeah the potato meter uh obviously just wears out over time and i would think that if there are any uh budding engineers out there who want to make some big money mr jake peters um, that maybe you could look into this and uh, come up with a much better design and undercut the same company that's providing the potato meters to all these different Here's, control I mean, controller the, people. The, yeah, the problem is you could you could do some of this work and you could fix controllers for people and stuff like that. But if you start like making a controller, Sony's going to sue the living shit out of you. So like, um, my biggest problem with this is like the console's only been out for three months why why are these control i don't give a shit if you play video games 15 hours a day mm-hmm. why are they already start starting to wear out especially when i'm paying 70 dollars for this controller yeah and i know i'm probably i know i'm probably in the minority here and i don't i don't think josh and i've ever talked about this off the air but like i personally am not all that impressed with the dual sense controller mm. like it's I, I like it fine enough but because I have smaller hands, like my hands cramp sometimes when I'm playing it. I don't – it's it's bad when I'm a PlayStation g- gamer, right, and I'm playing with the DualSense and I'm not even really paying attention. But then I go to play Cyber Shadow on my Xbox and I pick up the Xbox controller and I'm like, wow, this feels way better. Like, like Wow, interesting. And yeah. I'm not even an Xbox gamer. But because it's because I have small hands. The controller's smaller. I can reach everything better. It feels better in the palm of my hand. And the dual sense is just so girthy compared yeah. to what we're used to. And the, the the ergonomics are a little bit different now. That like but I mean that's aside from this news topic, they shouldn't be wearing out already. The the I fixed it thing said that this part they found the manufacturer of the potato meter and uh <laughs> they said that uh it, it has like a four what four hundred thousand i don't know 400 out no 400 hour lifespan or something like that or, or something they they figured out that it's only good for like you know it can start to degrade over 400 hours which is way 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 too way short too for a controller short for for a consumer product of this i mean right. you you literally are just using it the whole time like it's not like it's a it's like a button on there that you use occasionally it's like the whole it's the time thumbstick. you're playing you're using the thumbstick yeah yeah i had an issue so on my control video that just posted on friday i had an issue on the it only happened on the menu though so i think it was the way that the menu was coded that it would just constantly just drive down so like you'd start up the control i don't know if you, it, have either of you tried the Control Ultimate Edition yet? No, no I 
I, uh, it would just it would just drive down like you power it on. Yeah, you get to the menu and it would just go do 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 do, and it would just go down. You try to thumb back up and it would fight you to get up to like start game or continue the whole time. But as soon as I got in the game, it was fine. So I don't think it's the controller. I think it's something to do with the programming. It's probably of the, menu. the game. Yeah, I mean, I have had controllers do that before. Like I think mm-hmm. one of my Dual Shock Fours did it for yeah. a period of time. But usually it was like I would just whack at some and like kind of wiggle the stick and it would be fine after that. So I mean, yeah. it sounds like it's an issue with control. Yeah. Well, that does suck about the dual sense, though. So hopefully, uh, I mean, mine still seems to be working fine. You guys are good, right? Josh, you have anything to add about this? The, uh... Uh, I mean, it is kind of surprising. The I, I was just still thinking about Jake's comments about the controller because i feel like that's like the opposite of what most people seem to have been like the so a lot of the feedback i've gotten like I, i'm friends with a couple uh xbox players that you know kind of have both consoles and mm-hmm. and they thought that the dual sense was like the most comfortable controller that, that they've really used um but and it, it's funny hearing you talk about like the the hand size and stuff because that's like the inversion of historically like xbox always had the bigger controllers mm-hmm. um so it is kind of funny i like the dual sense um I think it's I think it's comfortable, but it is. I remember at one point you were complaining about like the curvature of it being weird to like pick up sometimes. But like, there's like small things that are, are different. The biggest gripe I know you talked you guys talked about this before is the uh, trying to press the PlayStation button. You're like always missing yeah. it, and like tr- trying to get used to where the PlayStation button is. It's just not as obvious. But overall, <clears throat> I do like it. I think the triggers are sweet, but that was. When when we when I heard the news about stuff wearing out, I kind of assumed it was going to be the triggers, just because sometimes certain games that actually use the feedback on the triggers, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I'm going to break it every time. I'm like sometimes it's like really hard to pull those things in. Like they really yeah. do a good job of the adding resistance. Resistance, yeah. So that's kind of the thing that I thought was going to break, uh, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, thanks. I think the, I think the triggers are breaking on some controllers. Oh, um, and you know, I but I mean, that's kind of everybody ex- kind of sort of expected that you know these new features. There's going to be a, a feeling out phase. I've I've seen but, people use controllers though that are like for dear life hitting those buttons. Like they're putting all their. I mean. No, I do it. I do it all the time. Do you I really? Out when I'm playing a game, I fucking I'm surprised. You mash the shit out of it. That's crazy. Yeah, nah. and you know, I haven't I haven't pulled a you know, <laughs> we have a friend Ted, uh, Ted G. Yeah, he. He historically would play Gran Turismo, and he would get so mad. I've seen him actually take a PlayStation Two controller because he was playing on PS Two literally from the cord windmill it and smash it into the floor <laughs> as hard as he can because he gets so upset playing a game. I'm not that bad, but I do like when I get really like, especially when I'm doing something that is one of those, like like a platforming challenge or something where uh, you get all the way to the end and you're like, like trying to get through it. Well, you got to look into the couch once in a while. Yeah. Just like nice soft area. And I have a, <laughs> I have a one and a half year old. So like controllers need to be like, he constantly picks that thing up and runs around with it. So it, he like, it gets spiked on the ground once in a while. That's so that's funny. my biggest concern about durability now. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jake, have you, you better. Noticed, have you noticed either of you? Like one of the things I've been not struggling with, but I've noticed about the dual sense is that 
it seems to me like either the square button is really close to the touchpad or the touchpad is really sensitive. So I'm always accidentally pressing the touchpad and it'll bring up like a menu or something like that. Like it was a big thing in Immortals because the controls are a little wonky in Immortals where square is actually dodge as opposed to historically that's like an attack button for a game like that. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I'd be, like, mashing the square button to try and dodge, and it would, like, take me into the fucking menu for the game. I've triggered it before, uh, twice. I think two or three times I've opened up the touchscreen, whatever that triggers on the game. But I don't have a repeating issue with that. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying that it's, it's, like, one of those ergonomic things about the controller that, like, you know, is taking some getting used to. The only thing I can think of is I was, I've been playing. Well, I haven't been played that much recently, but I played a little bit of Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed, mm. and for something in like in the middle of the combat, I would always open up like the like the picture mode. Just I don't what are the something about the combination. Oh. So I don't know of the keys I was hitting, but mashing some buttons, and all of a sudden I would just be in the middle of like taking a screenshot. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that can be frustrating. Definitely when you trigger something like that in your middle of something, but it really sucks when. I like the games that when you trigger like a pause menu, it gives you a countdown. Like you know, like like the game we're playing right now, Josh. Like it gives you a countdown, but I think it's because it's two players and we're online. But some of those games were are really intense. Like you could be in like a mid jump or something, like in Cyber Shadow, like trying to dodge something and accidentally hit the pause menu. It'd be nice, like if you hit pause to unpause it, and it goes four, three. That way you can prep yourself for whatever's coming towards your character. But get ready to break your controller on the Xbox, Jake, uh, the one that you like, because if you're playing Cyber Shadow on that and you do get frustrated. Dude, uh, I've, already got, I've already gotten to a point in that game where I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to finish oh, this. Oh, you can do it. And it's, and, it's not, and it's not because I don't love, because I fucking love the game. I just, I don't know if I have the patience for it right now. Yeah. Like to, to figure it out. Cause like you said the other day, when you finish it, you died like what? 560 some times or yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was it. Ridiculous. So like, and I've died a lot. A lot of it is just me. Like if you were like in a game like that, you know, there's the, the, the spawn points or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you like, like recently I was doing a part where it's like a spawn point and then you run to the next screen and then immediately in the next screen, there's like a drop off into a thing that immediately kills you. Yeah. And literally five times in a row, you just do it I over and over spawn and just run and fall and die. Spawn, run, fall and die. Like literally like five times in a row. Yeah. I'm like not paying attention. Like I get, I get so distracted just thinking about other things. Like what am I going to do next? Yeah. And I just like die. A bunch That's of times. definitely a game you have to pay attention to when you play. So, uh, Konami uh, indicated that they want to get some other game development studios involved with some of their adored properties. Um, There's a lot of speculation which games they are hinting at, but it's believed that they are trying to farm out Metal Gear and Castlevania to other developers. And uh, it seems like they may be, uh, those games may be fair game as far as other developers getting involved. And, uh, I mean, is there anything about Metal Gear or Castlevania that you think would fit very well with, like, another game developer? Like, do you think... I can't think of any game developers that necessarily come to mind. I would love to see, like, a Naughty Dog Castlevania game. That would be kind of interesting because it could really drive the story part. Well, I think that, like, we already talked about it, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago. Like, what I would love is for for Konami to just literally find a developer 
to just finish Metal Gear Solid Five. Like release that third act. Like, Call it something else if game. they want to. I mean, even if they just release the third act as DLC or something like that, like it would be so awesome to be able to play through that. Because when you watch the cinematics on YouTube, the unreleased, like <sighs> the stuff that was the leaked, you know, I mean, it's like, man, this story just gets crazier and crazier. I mean, it's Kojima, right? But it's fantastic. You know, and maybe there's some there's some legal stuff there that is the reason why yeah. it will never come out. But like, it's I, that's honestly what I would like to see. Or you know, I. But what studio would be fitted for that? Like, you know, Blue Point. Give them like a Blue brand new game just to make from the ground up. Well, well, I was thinking, you know, if, if you're going the lines of like, if you're going the route of finishing something that's Metal kind Gear Solid of five, right? It's like they already have a lot of it. Blue Point is like the best over and over again. Basically, said that there were the best port house in the world. Like, we can take something and we can make it great that already exists. Yeah. So. They would be a good choice for something like that. As far as like making a Metal Gear game from the ground up, I mean, I don't even know who. Maybe somebody like you know Io who does Hitman or something mm-hmm. like that, like who specializes in the stealthier kind of games. Yeah. Um, or you know one of the Ubisoft studios maybe that worked on Splinter Cell, but I don't know that they really have the the narrative pedigree to really kind of give people what they want in that universe. So you'd almost need them to collaborate with somebody like, uh, you know, like a Naughty Dog or something like that, or, or that, that that can really grant you the the story that you're looking for in a Metal Gear game. But I don't honestly don't know if anybody can really make a great Metal Gear sto- story other than Kojima because his stories are so fucked up and like so all over the place. Yeah. That, like, I mean, somebody trying to imitate Kojima would just be insulting. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. I, I think that those properties would be you'd have to be very, very careful if you're a game developer to get involved with them because, oh. like, they have such a long history and they have such a dedicated fan base that you could potentially really screw it up and not recover from like tackling a project like that and messing it up, you know. Um, all right, so let's move forward here. Uh, the studio behind A Way Out, which was the Prison Break co-op game, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is Hazelight Studios, has announced that their latest effort, It Takes Two, has officially gone gold, and the game is slated for a March 26th release date for the PS5 and PS4. This game looked really cool, and I think that uh, the more they show it, the more people are liking it. So, just a little FYI on that. I don't really have anything else about that. There's just a news point. So, that's gone gold, and it's got a release date in March. And we are getting a Ninja Gaiden Master Collection for PS4. This will include three Ninja Gaiden games, which is Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Ninja Gaiden uh, Sigma 2, and Ninja Gaiden 3, Rager, uh, Razor's Edge, and the majority of the DLC, which was uh, accompanying those games. Now, this isn't a remaster. It's really just a port. Um, which kind of brings me to the question because this was asked of me earlier this week by a coworker: what game is better Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden and I'd have to say Castlevania just based on story and setting alone as far as gameplay uh, I don't know personally See, this- story and setting Castlevania yeah. gameplay Ninja Gaiden because yeah, Castlevania is great but, but it's just so just tanky and slow it's fucking and tanky. platforming is very hard like it's it's pretty it's pretty wild uh, they haven't they haven't done a collection of the OG Ninja Gaiden games no it would be so cool if they did 
that would be awesome if they did like a fucking collection of just like the first three Ninja Gaiden games. Those games are really hard too. Yeah, but they were good. They were great games. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the last little news point, which we're going to segue into a little Little Nightmares discussion. Josh and I are going to talk about it, Jake. And I don't think you you didn't play the first Little Nightmares, did you, Jake? I have asked no, you this I, on the last three shows, I think, and you've said no every time. No, I, I haven't. And I mean, I've, I've looked at it, but it's just one of those games that kind of flew under my radar. Yeah. Now, I don't know how to pronounce the studio's name, but it's spelled T-A-S-I-E-R. Is it Tazier or Tazier Studios? I don't know. They're the developer in Little Nightmares, and uh, they've done both uh, number one and number two. But they have announced that they will be redirecting their focus to create a new IP moving forward. So Little Nightmares appears to be done. Which is kind of a bummer because it's so different. Um, Josh and I have both played the game, uh, the new one, Little Nightmares 2, which came out. We'll try to keep it spoiler-free and semi-brief. But my experience with this game was essentially it it felt a little less constricted as the, than the first game did just because of the change in the environment. You change a lot more of environments. You get to, get to check out different locales. Um, you do have a companion, and surprisingly, the AI for the companion seemed to work really well. I didn't really have any issues with that. There were some control issues. The game uh, jumping and swinging on stuff was kind of confusing for me. Um, I think, Josh, you might have had similar things. Where, like, I was trying to, like, typically when you swing and jump, like, you want to move the, the analog stick in the direction that you're trying to jump leap off the rope and then you press the release you know the grab button you release it and then you try to swing over there but like i felt like all of the simplest jumps like i was just failing all the time so my my can my issue with the game isn't so much on the game itself like what they like the presentation was fantastic and the lighting was great and the graphics were great and the story was interesting I didn't care so much for some of the controls that I think they could have dialed in a little better on Little Nightmares 2. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, th- there were definitely some issues with the controls. There were, I, I don't know if you had the same experience that I did, but probably one of, other than some of the like, uh, you know, 3D movement in a 2D uh, world issues where like you're trying to like make a jump, but you're like quite you're not quite yeah. on the right plane. So you like there was issues like that, and because they don't give you much control over the camera, you couldn't really like line it up to see exactly how mm-hmm. you should move. Um, issues like that, but one of the most frustrating things. So I went back and platinum, but and even doing like going back through that. You think I would have been better at navigating or like figured out some of this stuff, learning had, the puzzles. Yeah, I still had so like all the puzzles and everything you you could breeze through, but the the movement I still had so many of the same problems. And the worst one was uh, the like the batteries that you have to p- pull out of the uh, wall and and like move around. Mm-hmm. Something about those like when I would walk up to it to try to grab it, like half the time it didn't register. Half the time I would go up to grab it and I would be trying to grab the battery and instead. That you were just talking about the companion AI. The companion would be close enough to me that I would just grab her hand instead, oh, and then no. I'd have to, and then I'd have to like move her out of the way and then come back. There was just like some really kind of things like that that took you out of it. Yeah. Um, but overall, the atmosphere of the game is super good. Uh, I think visually, it's really good. Uh, it's a game that someone like my wife, like like I said, we played the first one years ago and she's been like looking forward to this coming out because yeah. she just wanted to sit and, and she's not a gamer like at all um so to find that 
you know, that, you know, Venn, that small cross section of a Venn diagram of like games that I'm interested in playing and she's interested in watching yeah. uh, is, is pretty special. So we really enjoyed it. The story is very unique uh, yeah. and kind of like kind of dark, but like super interesting. It's very Tim Burton like, like the, mm-hmm. the art direction. It's, it's kind of grayscale, but darker, but then it's not like it feels a little muted. Yeah, but the the audio is really good in it too. Like the you know everything seemed to fit. But yeah, the plane. I remember there was one bookcase I was trying to jump on for probably fifteen minutes, and I just kept mm-hmm. dying. One of my one of my complaints. It's not even a complaint; it's just a minor gripe. Would be like the the way that respawning works. I feel like. Mm-hmm. The, there were 20 seconds to stand up off the ground every time you die. Yeah, like there there were there were some situations, yeah, where though like you would get through a lot of the puzzle and then something stupid like you would fall, like you you know, you just like fall off something cuz you didn't realize some some of the game like it'll put up like invisible barriers where you can't fall off shit and other times you can. Mm-hmm. And like depending on you just don't know, so you'll get through like a puzzle and then you'll just die. And right. then it'll respawn you at the beginning of the puzzle. Now, this is mm-hmm. back to Tearaway, or no, uh, Unravel. Unravel, if you start solving a puzzle, I feel like some of the pieces of the puzzle will stay in place. And their their respawn seems to be a little better with Unravel. Like, they're, they're, there's more checkpoints. So it doesn't feel as tedious getting back to where you were. So right. that's my only other gripe with Little Nightmares Two. I'm I don't regret purchasing it. I think it was what thirty or forty bucks. Was it thirty? Forty? I think it was thirty, forty. If you got the deluxe version, maybe. Yeah, it's it's a cool. Which I game. think I did. I don't know why I got the soundtrack. I'm never gonna do anything with. Yeah. Like, I think I bought it just because it was the first one I I looked up yeah. on the store. So I just bought that the one. The developer thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got some like I don't know like a like the art of Little Nightmares that I'll never look at. Um, That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. The when you were talking about the respawn thing, though, I think that is you know I was talking about like when you die and you respawn that you have to go through this little like it's it's a couple seconds, but it's enough that if you're going through a section where you have to keep retrying, the like few seconds it takes, it loads the screen. You're sitting on the ground in the corner, slowly stand up. Yeah, you stand up and then you can start moving again. Like. I don't want to, I want to just like respawn and just go. And right. it wasn't really, I mean, I guess the solution is to not die, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just are trying to go through something real quick and yeah. you know, you kind of get over it. You get yeah. And there were some gimmicks in the game, which weren't, I mean, I understand what they were trying to do, but they weren't perfectly executed. Like the flashlight thing there's without spoiling it. There's a scene where you have to use a flashlight to navigate and the controls are just wonky enough. Mm-hmm. And it requires amazing agility to pull them off correctly. So yeah. what they're asking of the player doesn't really mesh with the way that they set you up to complete the task. Like it's, it's some of this, yeah. Some of the the margin for error is surprisingly small in some of the things when you need to be quick. Like if you're running from something that's chasing you, mm-hmm. and once in a while you'll like not like kind of get hung up on something for like a not even a second a split second you yeah. get hung up on something most games there's a little bit of a margin for error there Some forgiveness I yeah. like yeah i feel like in this game it was you know i would pretty much get caught every time if i didn't like actually get through it cleanly yeah or even just the timing of like hitting a jump like i would successfully jump over an object but if i didn't time it right you kind of like falter a little bit and it slows you down mm-hmm. um 
but overall i i do think it was good i think it was better than the first one yeah. i think the i think the environment is better it's more uh i think there's just more to it like you said you kind of go through a couple different it feels bigger uh, yeah yeah because you're na- i mean you're naturally navigating a larger you know again not to give away a whole lot but you're navigating through a larger situation um and it felt more different like you would go yeah. from one thing to the next where in the first one there'd be like this one bad guy and then you'd kind of get through that person and get to the next bad guy but you're pretty much in the same environment where here there was like main kind of like you know bad guys or i'll call them bosses i guess i don't yeah. know if you would really call them that or not um but they were in totally different environments with mm-hmm. different mechanics and things to consider yeah. um so and the color you said that i think the colors were a little bit more vibrant in two than in one they were for sure but they are still like dreary yeah it's just the tone of the game is just that way naturally i think it's what the aesthetic i i did enjoy the creepiness of a lot of the a lot of this game there were some super creepy things uh it's kind of i think two is creepier than one yeah i think yeah i think they just did some creepier stuff in two like one they just kind of made the the bosses look kind of like creepy and and do some creepy stuff. But I think in two, they just felt (laughs) scarier. And if the listeners want to try it, there is a demo for this game. You can play essentially for the, through the first very uh, mini encounter with that, the, the one boss in the very beginning of the game. So I, I did that before I bought the game. I enjoyed what I played. So I picked it up. All right, cool, man. All right. So, uh, new games coming out real quick. And then we can talk about our uh, topic. Uh, so we got Bullet Beat for the. I, I'll let you know if it's a PS5 game. Everything's PS4 unless they say otherwise. Bullet Beat, Can Androids Pray Blue Edition, Gods Will Fall, Fallen Legion Revenants, Let's Cook Together, Moose Life, Speed Limit, Skateboarding Breakthrough Gaming, Tales from the Borderlands. On PS4, Void Gore. I did a trailer reaction for that. Came out a bit ago. Um, and Anodyne Two, Return to Dust, Rodent Warriors, Run Little Hero, The Ramen Sensei. So Anodyne Two is a PS5 game and PS4. Um, Blizzard Arcade Collection, which was just announced recently, I believe at the BlizzCon thing. Boom Blaster, Pus. Steven Universe, Unleash the Light, the Seventia Collection, and then the Sinking City on PS5, which is a re-upgrade to a game that came out in 2019 that I did a reaction to, which will be airing later this week, the trailer on that. So nothing on there really pops out to me at all. There's, It looks pretty gross, actually. Uh, the Sinking City looked like a kind of a cool game, though. It was like a... Uh, it's like this adventure game, this action adventure game or something, and and it was just kind of like you're a detective or something. The the PS5 upgrade looks much better than the PS4 game. So if you've played it, I think this is a uh, maybe a Swedish developer made this game. I, I'm not entirely sure, but it came out in 2019. It looks kind of cool, but it's it's nothing that I personally am interested enough to throw money at. But that's cool. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of these PS5 upgrades of games. We're getting Diablo 2. That, uh, is that going to be PS5? Did they say PS5 for Diablo 2, Jake? It just said consoles, I think, in the trailer. It'd be nice if we got a better version on PS5. I mean, how good can you make Diablo 2? I mean, it's just, I mean yeah, it's just it's just going to be a it's just gonna look nice. graphical yeah. boost. So. I want Diablo 2 with ray tracing, man. Yeah. 
Why not? Yeah. All right. So we were going to talk briefly, and I don't. I still don't have a game. I mean, we can bring this up, but I. I thought it would be kind of a neat idea. You always hear like people who like, oh man, if I could unplay Uncharted and start it again from the beginning, that would be like the greatest experience ever. I want to experience what that was like again. But I'm going to do a little flip the script on that. But like, if you guys could pick a game and unplay it, but never return to it, meaning the game was like almost a complete waste of your time, but maybe for some reason you stuck with it or you played enough of it that you wish you just had never played it. Do you, do you guys have a game like that that stands out in your mind? The only game that I could think of that even remotely fits this, because most games I would say, even if I didn't like them, like the experience of playing it is not like – you know, it's something you can kind of bank for later, right? It's never one of those things that's so offensive. Like, I don't think anything is so offensive that I wish I never played it. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be, though, right? But, Go ahead. But the only game I can think of that is a game that I played that was a such a profound disappointment to me that I wish that I hadn't, that, that I wish that I didn't spend money on it, was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh. Um, because... It so first of all, I the the first thing that happened was I bought it on Black Friday on disc for whatever amount of money. I don't remember what it was, probably twenty bucks or something like that. I didn't play it for a few months because I had a bunch of other shit to play. I go to put it in and my disc was fucking corrupted. And this was apparently a big problem. I remember this. this. You talked about it on the show and, when this happened. Yeah, and so for the listeners like just a quick recap. Yeah, I bought please. this game, didn't play it for a few months, go to put it in my PlayStation, it installs the game, and then it just doesn't recognize that I have the disc in, so I can't play the game. And I got a hold of EA, and basically they were like, tough shit, it's been more than 90 days since you purchased the game. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. And then, so I go and I eventually I was just like, you know, I, what? I really want to play a Mass Effect game. So I ended up buying it again on sale or something like that for like 10 or 15 bucks. And I played it for like 15, 10 hours or something like that. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this game? Like, it's not like, you know, I'm thinking about Mass Effect two and three specifically. One, you know, was fine, but I didn't really get on with it too well. And it, like how good those games were, and then like I go to play this, and I'm like, this just is, it doesn't feel the same. Like, other than like the fact that it's like it was just, I'm like, why did I go through all of this shit, like buying and rebuying this game just to play something that is, mm. you know, mediocre at best and just generally disappointing? So that that I, I did have a an example. I actually have one now. I was looking at my phone what the title of it was. Josh, do you have one? That's a good one, Jake. I want to ask a qual- uh, a qualifying question. Yeah. Is am I also removing? I guess by default the answer would be yes. But am I am I also removing? I guess the memories that may have formed with mm. other people as a result of playing this game. That's that's a tough question. That's deep, man. Uh, I would just say, yeah, you're you're essentially just turning back the clock and getting that time back. So if you never played it, so. <laughs> The, my first answer was going to be the first thing that came to mind was Dota 2 because I have played probably <laughs> I've probably spent more time in that game than you guys have played like your top 10 games combined. That's insane. Um, 
so the amount of time I probably could have been spent doing either something productive or just experiencing like a ton of more games, yeah, I think that would be great. But I also have a ton of good memories with my friends on that one, so that one I'm I'm uh, conflicted on. Yeah. So maybe the one I would say is uh, my wife wanted to buy with some nostalgia. She's a big fan of nostalgia games and like remakes and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was a PS4 version of uh, the Lion King game. Oh man! And so I bought it and played it for like an hour, and and I don't, I just want to undo that. Just I was like, like <laughs> that was that. just a waste of your life. Yeah, it was like so much worse than I remembered it being. Like if I could just undo the PS4 version of the Lion King remake because I forgot how bad that game was and now I remember and I would like to just forget it. That's again. a really that's a really good answer. I I do remember the Disney game for Aladdin being really good. Was that part of this or no? It was it was they're both actually came, I have both of them. They came on the same disc. Have you tried and Aladdin? So it's better, but it's still really effing hard. Yeah, I remember um, it being really hard. There's like the I Lion remember there King, being apples yeah. and baskets and stuff, right? In Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. It is it is a better game than the Lion King one. Okay. Uh, but it is still really hard and I I don't know. It's just it's it's one of those things where like old games are old and maybe you should just leave, you know, yeah. just leave them be sometimes. Yeah. Is it the same is it the same one that we had on Super Nintendo? Yeah. Lion King? Yeah. No, no, or well, Aladdin? The Aladdin. Yeah, I don't think we had the Lion King one. I no. remember playing it at some point, but I don't know where or when I played. I think it. I had Aladdin um, on Genesis. It might have been Super Nintendo, though. I, I mean, they're probably the same game, just yeah. maybe ports. Although back then, like they could be completely different games if they were on different systems. Yeah. All right, so my game's simple. It's a uh, PlayStation Three game, and it. Uh, I just have such such disappointment with the game. Like my hopes were up. And uh, I actually hammer Space Marine. No, no, no. GI Joe: uh, Rise of Cobra. Of course, it's a fucking GI Joe game. But I, <laughs> but I'm so disappointed. All terrible, and you want them to be good. <laughs> yeah. So my expectations were just so so decent for this game, and uh, I still haven't played Operation Blackout, which is the PS4 game, which I hear also sucks, but I, it has to be better than the Rise of Cobra. So I just wanted to make a good G.I. Joe game. But, yeah, I, I actually bought this game on eBay because I, I wanted the physical copy because I'm a collector. And I had never played it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play this game. And uh, I got it on eBay for, like, $35, which is way overpriced because it was already, like, a year or two old. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be half decent. I'm going to sit down and play it. And I, being a fan, I felt compelled to just – play this game and and like i i i forced myself to play this game that just absolutely sucked because i wanted it to be good so badly and uh i never finished it i think i got like three or four levels in and i i could only put like an hour and a half into it and i was like this is just so such a garbage game like why do they let this shit happen so that's my game i i would never go back to it i don't even care to see it I don't even care to have it in my collection. Like, it could just go to hell. It just really pisses me off. But, yeah, G.I. Joe Rise clear, of Cobra. Just to be clear to the listeners, maybe if you haven't – if you're if you're not like an OG PSS is Awesome <laughs> listener, we, I, I mentioned Warhammer Space Marine. Fred and I actually both really like that game. It's a fantastic so game. It's 
it was like a double A kind of game from the PS3 era. It was like a third person shooter where you played as a fucking space marine from Warhammer, which is it was just it was actually a really good game. So it was fantastic. That was a bit of a joke. Yeah, it was, well, thanks for the clarification. Sorry, I've, my phone is just blowing up tonight. I'm trying to annoy it, ignore it. Sorry, but uh, I had some friends that were doing a live stream earlier, and they were writing asking how the audio quality was and stuff. But um, let's close it up, guys. Do you guys have anything else to add? I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the closing here. Uh, Jake, if you want, try to find some games that begin with the letter uh, G, because I didn't do this part yet. Hmm. For a closing, G. Think of games. Um, we could all think of one, maybe. Ah, oh, man. But anyways. Okay, I'll do what I did last time. Yeah. Just kind of do your All right. So as always, thanks thanks again for tuning into the podcast. Uh, you can tune in and we will have new shows every Monday. And uh, make sure to share the show with your friends, like I said. And as always, music at the end of the show will possibly be excluded from our YouTube channel for the video po- version of the podcast for copyright reasons. And this is a good example where it actually might might be removed from the YouTube version. Um, so don't forget, you can download and or stream the episode as well to get the closing tracks. And it will be available on your preferred podcasting platform. And as mentioned earlier, the closing track today is by a band called Heron. They're good friends of mine. Uh, they're pretty successful. And uh, with their song, is called Gravity Shift. And it's from their most recent release, which is called Sun Release. And that's S-U-N. And you can find more about Heron on any major streaming platform or head over to their website at www.heronband.com. That's H-E-R-O-N band.com. Jake, let's hear the games, buddy. Like Game of Thrones, Gang Beasts, and Ghost of Tsushima. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome. What was the second one? Gang what? Gang Beasts? You never heard of that game? No, I never heard of it.